Hello world and welcome to the Overtone Warp Zone. This podcast is for people who enjoy games, love music, and want to know more about how their favorite songs work. Each episode will focus on some pieces of music from the video game corpus and talk about one musical concept found in those pieces. In our first season, we're diving deep into the score of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I'm Dan Bergman, and let's get started. Last week, we took an in-depth look at how music on the Super Nintendo worked. And this week, we'll look at some of David Wise's music for the console and why it was so different. First, let's listen to a Smash Bros. Brawl arrangement of one of his Donkey Kong Country 2 pieces, which was arranged by Machiko Naruke. This is Stickerbush Symphony. Donkey Kong Country 2 was completely composed by David Wise, who is well known as having pushed the limits of what the SNES was capable of. Donkey Kong Countries 1, 2, and 3 were released in 1994, 95, and 96 respectively, near the end of the development life of the console since the Nintendo 64 was released in 1996. While other companies moved on to 32-bit consoles, Rare, who developed the game, and Nintendo proved that the Super Nintendo was still a strong contender. The pre-rendered 3D models, fluid animation, and the incredible music were just as impressive, if not more so, than the Super Nintendo's higher-bit competitors. The music of the Donkey Kong Country series has a wide range of genres, intending to be evocative of the environments of the different levels. Some examples of these genres are big band, African-inspired beats, and, most notably, ambient and electronic. This arrangement that we've been listening to of Stickerbush Symphony has a driving hi-hat beat, stinging string stabs, and some fairly percussive acoustic guitar. It grooves. It's great for a fighting game. Now. Imagine you're surrounded on all sides by thorny branches. 
Giant wasps buzz around you. Their spiny thorax is certain to kill on the lightest touch. Your only means of escape? Carefully timed presses of a button that fire you from one barrel to the next through a confusing maze of those thorns, your feet never touching the ground. The Smash Bros. remix of this song might not fit well, but the original, composed by David Wise, certainly would. This is Stickerbush Symphony from the original Donkey Kong Country 2. Now that's some good music. If you listen to the effect on many of the instruments in this song, you can hear a filter sweep kind of sound effect. Kind of like that. This didn't really happen with other Super Nintendo music since it would take up way more than the allotted 64 kilobytes of space on the sound chip. But David Wise was intent on emulating this kind of electronic sound. How exactly did he do it? The answer is by... Overcoming Super Nintendo Entertainment System Limitations! An instrument called the Korg Wave Station was released in the early 90s, and it allowed for multiple sound waves to be strung together to create a constantly evolving sound over time. Here's an example of a demo from the Korg Wave Station so you can listen to that morphing sound. While the innovation was revolutionary, 
the Super Nintendo is simply not capable of reproducing this effect. So, Wise took the time to carefully record samples at slightly different waveforms and had to manually code each variation of the sound into the composition program. We have yet to talk about the actual software composers used to create music for each console. They were called trackers and looked like a spreadsheet. Each instrument channel had a dedicated column and at the left there was a numbered timestamp as to where the notes fell in the composition. Each column had a slot for the note, the octave for that note, the sample choice, volume, and effects like we discussed in the previous episode. Panning, fade, echo, reverb, and so on. The data was inputted by hexadecimal code. I can imagine that this in and of itself was enough of a barrier for some people to start composing on the Super Nintendo. It's clear that the process was tedious, which may have deterred other musicians from attempting the same thing, but it didn't deter Wise. The first PC composed in this manner is arguably the most infamous piece in the Donkey Kong series, and the hex code took him five weeks to input. But Mr. Wise, we thank you for it. Here is that song, which we also listened to at the end of last episode from the first Donkey Kong Country, Aquatic Ambience. This song perfectly encapsulates the floaty controls and unfamiliar terrain of the underwater levels in the game, and it really rises to the top of the music made for this console. Once again, the limitations of a system allowed for some creative thinking from some musical geniuses, and the music born of this generation was also able to stand the test of time and be memorable and meaningful to this day. 
As we close off this episode, I want to shout out the YouTube channel NerdWriter1 for a lot of inspiration on this episode. The channel has a variety of video essays on a number of topics, and they're not only interesting to listen to, but they are really appealing to watch. You should check them out. Their channel is in the show notes. And just for the sake of fun, let's listen to one last piece of music that was composed for the first title in the Donkey Kong Country series. While the second game was completely composed by Wise, the first title also had some tracks composed by Evelyn Fisher and Robin Beanland. This one is found in the world of Light Stage in Smash Ultimate as you challenge the spirit of Funky Kong. And while it's not a fugue, the title had to go for the alliteration. Here's Funky's Fugue by Robin Beanland. I hope you enjoy the vocal samples. you enjoyed the episode. If you have any comments or suggestions for a piece of music or a musical concept, you can contact me at overtonewarpzone at gmail.com. You can also find me on social media everywhere at OTWZ Podcast. Until next time, keep playing. <laughs>